I'm so glad he arose. If you would stand this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Proud and glad to be in God's house. Proud and glad that you're here. Brandon, would you be willing to open us in prayer this morning? seated. Any birthdays? Any anniversaries? All right, then stand with us this morning. Stand with us. All right, I'll tell you what. Open your blue book to page eight. What a savior. Page eight.
just over the next page, Old Rugged Cross. Old Rugged Cross.
page 94, Because He Lives. 94.
Life is worth the living just because he lives. Glad to know that this morning. Glad you're here with us again. Be much in prayer for all those on our prayer request list. And please remember uh, Sister Gail's family. Remember Sister Ann McAfee's family. Continue remembering Darren. And also uh, lifting the others that are here this morning. Uh, but God knows the needs of each one. Anybody you want to call by name this morning. Unspoken needs. Amen. Stand with us this morning for ushers would come. Father, today we thank you, Lord, and we love you. God, we're glad to be in your house this morning. We're glad to be celebrating today. Father, I pray with extra vigor, Lord, the fact that you are alive and well. Father, we're thankful today that you allowed Jesus to come and be our sacrifice, our Passover, our redemption. Lord, that you allow him to stand and intercede on our behalf this morning. God, we're unworthy and unfit, but allowed by the precious blood of Christ to be reconciled and adopted and joint heirs. And so we thank you for that today. Lord, we pray for the needs, dear God, this morning. You know them each and every one. We pray for the hearts that are aching today, dear God, due to the passing of a loved one. Lord, we ask you, Father, comfort them in a mighty way. Lord, asking you today, bless the offering, let it be used for thy glory. We'll thank you and praise you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And amen. And amen. Page 65 in your red book this morning. I know it's not the customary, but I will just say this. Um, Netta's granddad went missing. We didn't know what else to do but look and pray. We looked and we prayed and God answered prayers. And all I can say is this, church, we're here today because the love of God. And you stop to think about it. We wouldn't even come to church if it wasn't for the love of God. So we're going to sing the love of God this morning. Page 65 in your red book.
Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King.
you. It's always a blessing for us to remember the cross and who our Savior is. You know, I guess this morning as a, I'm a nonconformist, I'm a non-traditional. I hope and pray that I am, though, always willing to obey the Spirit. You have your Bibles, go to the Isaiah chapter 53 this morning. Isaiah chapter 53, we know this scripture real well. If you would stand, we're going to read starting in verse 10. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the treasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Father, this morning I'm thankful and I'm grateful, Lord, for the many blessings you give us. I'm so thankful this morning, dear God, for eternal life, for salvation, for the forgiveness of sins. Father, for the fact that you don't look through the blood. And dear God, you won't hold it against me once it's been covered by the blood. And I'm thankful today, dear God, that you sent the perfect sacrifice. You sent the only one that could be that sacrifice. And you saved my soul and the souls of all who will accept you. And Father, this morning, that's why we're gathered here. And we praise you, Father. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious, holy, beloved name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. My thought this morning is because... Of Christ. I'm not here today because of me. I'm not here today because of you. I'm not here today because somebody made me. I'm here today because of Christ. I'm glad to say this morning that because of Christ, I am a different man. I'm a new creature. I can guarantee that I'm a new creature. I knowed who I was. I knowed what I was. And I also knew where I was going. And it bothered me, but I didn't do anything about it till later on in life. And now because of Christ being in me and I being a new creature, I'm going to a different destination. I was on my way to hell. Now I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm glad for that this morning, church. I'm thankful for that. Because I was lost and now I'm found. I was dead and now I'm alive. If you don't believe me, just hang on a few minutes and we'll get to the scriptures. But it's all 
because of Christ. Nothing you and I can do or ever will be able to do would change that. So he starts out in the first verse and he says, Who hath believed our reports? There's a lost and dying world outside that does not believe the report of God. I will dare say this this morning. There are many in churches today that do not believe the report of God. They showed up on a Sunday morning to sit next to their family because it's a special day. It's not a holy day to them. It's not a provincial day. And when they were prevented from going to hell and now they get to go to heaven, it's not that. They simply showed up for family. And I don't know what all the preachers are saying across the world today, but I can dare say this, that there are probably some who will not say anything that will offend anybody in their congregation. Furthermore, the congregation, a lot of them, is sitting there waiting to leave instead of desiring to be in the house of God. They were consumed. See, the children woke up this morning and they had this basket about so tall. It was filled with candies and coloring books and and crowns and different things like that. And if it wasn't that big, it might have been a disappointment to them. They are waiting now to get out of church, to get home, to get to their goodie bag, to get to their candy and their coloring books and their toys. And you can go to Walmart. I I didn't look this year, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, But you could go to Walmart. And I know that at one time they were some of them as tall as adults and they had all kinds of stuff stuffed in them. And they get more expensive, by the way, every year. And everything like that. But, But they just keep making the day that we call resurrection the world calls easter and i'm going to say this we call it right the world calls it wrong read your bible you'll figure it out but we celebrate the fact that jesus christ rose from the gate the, the grave and i told Ned the other day we ought to just set a date and put it there it's the 14th day of the month of nason in which they celebrate of the Passover the children of Israel do. And I'm going to say this. That's all right with me. They can celebrate it. They're they wrong in this. They, they, they celebrate it. Then they go to the days of unleavened bread. And they miss the fact that Jesus Christ come. When I celebrate the Passover, it's because he done passed over me once. The blood's been applied. And that's all that's necessary. It doesn't have to come around and do it all over again next year. I'm not sacrificing the Lamb of God over and over and over again. My Bible tells me he entered once into heaven. And therefore, that was good enough. And it's still good enough today. So he said, who has believed our report? Well, they're distracted by the goodie bags. The parents get distracted by the lunch. Got to get home to get lunch on the table. Got to get prepared for the family coming over. Got to stay home sometimes because we're having company. I've got to get prepared for everything. But I'll tell you what, we're so distracted for being prepared down here that we're not prepared if he was to come back and we was going up there. Ain't it something to think about this morning? How many folks will occupy a few today, but they will not allow Christ to occupy their heart? And it's all because of him. Wouldn't have a Sunday without him. Wouldn't have a resurrection day without him. 
Matter of fact, wouldn't have a Christmas without him. And, and then they get distracted there again too. But he said, who hath believed our report? And to the whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, I'm glad to say this morning that my Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He revealed his arm unto all men. I'm thankful today that the Bible tells us that God showed himself through the word of God, through Christ and everything that's done. He showed himself. Therefore, they are now not going to be held innocent because they did not know because God showed the invisible things of him to all of us. But then he goes on and talks further. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now this is how God looks at his son. We ought to look at Jesus the way that God sees him. Do you realize a lot of times we bypass how God felt and we go straight to how we feel. It's all about how I feel today. If I'm grouchy, the world's grouchy. If I'm angry, the world's going to be angry. If I'm in a bad mood, everybody's going to be in a bad mood. How many of you got more than four hours sleep last night? You mean you all stayed awake? <laughs> Praise God, I wasn't by myself. Huh? I laid down at 11 o'clock, fell asleep at 11.37 or 11.30, woke up because my my phone went off, and I responded to a fire in Springdale, and I got home at a little after 2 o'clock, got un ready for bed again, and went to sleep. I, I don't know what time it was, but then the alarm went off, and we were up at 6.45. It didn't take long to get to 6.45, I'm just telling you this morning. But it didn't matter because, see, I thought to myself, I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'm going to sleep in a little longer, and then when that is done, I'll go get my shower and stuff. But I couldn't do that. I, I tried. I laid there. I wanted to. But finally, I just had to get up and get ready. Why? Because I knew where I was coming this morning, and I knew why I was coming here. I knew the thought God put in my heart, and it's because of Jesus and only because of Jesus. I'm so thankful this morning. So God looked at his son and said, He shall grow up as a tender plant, as a root of dry ground. He hath no form and comeliness, and when, when you shall, we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus was despised and rejected. How do you know that? Well, he said it next, and I still see it going on today. He's still despised and rejected. Hey, can I, can I tell you something, church, that might boggle your mind this morning? And, and if it don't, it ought to. Do you, do you realize, Brother Ernie, you're going to step in a puddle? I, that's okay. I'll step in a puddle. I can change my shoes. I can change my socks. I can change my britches. It don't matter to me. But do you realize that Jesus is so despised and rejected today that those who have any moral value and many, any moral character are despised and rejected as if they are homosexuality, our country is facing it. In America, we have a reprobate government because we're filled with reprobate-minded people. And they don't love Jesus. We're supposed to be a godly nation. We're supposed to be a godly country. After all, it says that we are endued 
by inalienable rights given to us by whom? Our creator. And God is our creator. And church, I'm here to tell you, they based every law they had originally on the Ten Commandments. And that's why they're still on the courthouse doors today in a lot of places. But the mind of the people occupying the seats have turned over to reprobates, making laws against the things of God. Instead of standing on those principles. And yet, we want to say, well, we love him. We adore him. It's Easter. Where are the people? He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And yet in all of this, look at this carefully, with all of this it says surely he hath borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We thought, hey, it, it was God who was torturing this man, not us. It was God who, who made these things happen. And by the way, let me just say it this way, it was God who allowed us to inflict such grief and punishment upon his son. He could have wiped us out, but God stood there and watched it. Why? Because it was the satisfying of the sacrifice that was necessary for my guiltiness and my sinfulness and my shamefulness and my nakedness. It was God looking at Jesus instead of looking at me. He was accepting the atonement instead of punishing the guilty. And it was me this morning. God should have been judging. And yet it was Jesus who took upon himself my judgment. I'm thankful today. I'm grateful today. Going on. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Healed. Now, not only does he heal us from diseases, you say, Brother Ernie, why do people got cancer? Well, they've only got it for a temporary time. After a while, it will go away. I, and I don't know about this, and I, I'll say it this way. I don't know if hell has cancer or not, okay? I don't know. It might be one of the torments of a person who rejected God who dies with cancer in their life. Maybe they've got it there. Maybe, maybe they're still good and crippled when they get there because they rejected God. I don't know, but I know this. For those who put their faith and their trust in Jesus, they ain't no cancer in heaven. And they ain't no crippled people in heaven. They ain't no blind people in heaven. They ain't no arthritis in heaven. They ain't no neck fusions in heaven. They ain't no back fusions in heaven. There ain't no replacements of knees or shoulders in heaven. And by the way, the greatest thing, they ain't no tears in heaven. And they ain't no lost people in heaven. And the word of God is shining bright every day. Why? Because there is no night in heaven. I'm glad today to know what Jesus did for me. And it's because of Jesus I have these promises and these things have been done. By his stripes we are healed. The greatest healing I ever had in my life was the healing from my sinfulness. The disease of death that carried over on my life every day of my life. 
until that I got saved. So if you would this morning, go now with us over to the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians chapter 2, reading here starting in verse 1. we got a lot to read, a short time to do it in, but if you'll hang on, we'll get it done. It said, and you hath he quickened. What? He said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses in sins. In other words, you were dead, but now you are alive because Jesus done a work in you. You couldn't be alive today without Jesus. It's because of Christ that you and I are alive today. He said, wherein in times past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I will say this this morning. You mark it down there and hold it on to it because there are people will tell you, I don't follow the devil, but my Bible just told me that that's exactly what we were doing before we were following God. Before Jesus came along and saved us, before we surrendered our all to him, we were following after the devil. We were following after the prince of the air of this world, and not of Jesus Christ, nor of God there. He said, the power of the air, the spirit thou now worketh in the children of disobedience. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We, we were not set for the kingdom of God. We were set for hell eternal, and it's by Jesus Christ. Look at what he said. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Hey, it was God who loved me. He loved me before I loved him. We say the Bible, or the Bible says it, because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. He said, even when we were dead in sins, hath God quickened us together with Christ, uh, for, or excuse me, by grace are you saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Uh, by, for by grace are you saved through faith, that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at the time ye might, excuse me, that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye are some, excuse me, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. It's all because of Christ this morning. I'm alive because of Christ. Not just physically alive because of Christ. I'm spiritually alive because of Christ. And I have eternal life because of Christ. You say, Brother Ernie, you're going to talk about the cross. I, I've done talked about Jesus. Whatever he did on the cross, he did for me, right? 
And you say, well, Brother Ernie, it's Resurrection Sunday. we got to talk about his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm telling you, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because he died for me. He buried for me. He rose for me. And today, praise be to God, he sits and stands at the right hand, interceding for me. He is my perpetuation. I'm thankful today. And I'm here because of Christ. Go over to the book of Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians chapter 1. Jump up there to verse 19. For it pleased the Father. Now church, we, we read that over in Isaiah. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By, by everything that is done to Jesus... His righteous servant, you and I, are justified. Because the shedding of blood, which the blood of Christ, we not only have the remission of sins, but we have the redemption of God in our lives. It's not a road ahead time, it's a forgiven time. We, we done talked about this last week, how that the blood, when it is applied, it, it just it does away. It's removed. And God, don't look through the blood. I'm glad to say again this morning, God, don't look through the blood. But when we look at this, it said, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And man be made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say rather there be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the blood of his flesh through the death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which he was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Wherefore I am Paul made a minister who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Listen to me, folks, this morning. It is because of Christ we have any hope and we have life and we have any ability. Why sing the songs if it wasn't for Jesus? Why try to live the life we're living if it's not for Jesus? And I'll just tell you this. If it was not for Jesus, I couldn't do what I'm doing. I couldn't live the way that I'm living. It's not in me to live a, a life trying to please God. The flesh doesn't like the Lord in a lot of ways because the Lord has a standard. And the flesh don't like standards. We like doing what we want to. Look at your Bible. It said that man is wicked and deceitful. Above all things. The tongue is a wicked and vile instrument which no man can tame. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to another. Why? Because we don't like to be controlled. But I'm telling you something this morning, church. Can I, can I tell you this? Jesus does not dominate me. Jesus does not control me. I'm not a robot. 
I'm not a remote control car or an airplane. I'm not a puzzle that he pushes and forces the pieces together. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Redeemer. I want to be His servant. I want to be led by the shepherd of the fold. And there ain't nobody a better leader than He is. I'm not forced. I'm willing. Paul said he was a prisoner. I want to be a prisoner of Christ. I want to follow Him willingly. Then if you jump over to the second chapter, fall down there, stroll down there, go down there, get a few verses down to verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man should spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. And I'm going to tell you this morning, church, that's what a lot of people are doing. They're using philosophical things and vain deceitful words to fill the minds of people to make them think that they are all right and that they're going to go to heaven just like everybody else does because after all, there is no hell. A loving God would not have a hell. And if, it, if there's no hell, then, there, then you know what? Well, maybe there's not really heaven. And if there is a heaven, we're all going there. But if not, just remember when you die, it's all over with. And I'm here to tell you, when you die, it's just starting. You're either going to heaven or hell. Heaven's long and eternal. Hell is long and eternal. The difference between them is hell is hot and miserable and heaven is sweet and beautiful. I know this morning there's a lot of vain deceitfulness in this world. There's a lot of pastors who don't want to offend their people. But can I tell you, if I offend you by telling you, you must be born again. You must follow Jesus Christ. You must do what the will of God, the word of God tells you to do. And by the way, if you love him, he says, it's not grievous to do it. It's a desire and a pleasure to do it. How many of you like following people who do good and wonderful things? I mean, after all, there ain't nobody can do what God does. And yet people argue against God all the time. Even people who are supposed to be his people. So church, I'm telling you, don't get spoiled by philosophies and deceitful words. So he said, beware lest men shall spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. At the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Not all roads lead to heaven. Not, not all ways get all people to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, and no man cometh unto me except the Father draw him. You're not getting there by any way other than that. He said, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him. If you're not in him, you're not complete. 
That's why people are trying to find some new gizmo gadget or same to fill up the emptiness that's in their life. They, they figure they've got to have something else. And the truth of the matter is this. You can surround yourself with everything the world has to offer, but you'll still have an empty void in your life if you don't have Jesus. I'll tell you something else. When you get Jesus, you'll start putting away things you don't need just because you wanted them. I'll be honest with you. I used to have a lot of things I wanted. I asked Zach this question the other day. Where in the Bible does it say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall want? It don't. See, when the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not want with God as my help I've got everything I need and now all I want is more of him and let me just say this the Bible says blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled so it won't take very long to get more from God by the way let me say one more thing he said, try me and prove me, see if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing as such as you have not room enough to receive it. So when David said, my cup runneth over, he said, I don't have enough cup to receive what's going in it. And it's spilling over. And I'm just here to tell you this morning, church, we've lost sight of why we gather on a Sunday morning, why we gather on a Sunday night, why we gather on Wednesday night. The church has lost sight. The people have lost sight. And I will say this while I say there are a lot of folks in churches someplace because it's a special day. Uh, they celebrate and they go show up at church, but they don't let God in. They go in the church, but they won't let the church, don't let Jesus in them. And, and then I say this, it's getting fewer and fewer every year. Why? Because God does not mean anything anymore. Jesus does not mean anything anymore. And we look around and we say, well, there must be something wrong in our church. We must be having either the wrong pastor or the wrong singers or the wrong this or the wrong that. And let me just say this. It has nothing to do with that unless your pastor is telling you lies. And I don't tell you lies. It's the wrong singing if it don't talk about Jesus and glorify and give honor to him. And you're the wrong people if you're gathering in a country club instead of in the sanctuary for the service to the Lord. But what's going on today is people's hearts are getting colder towards God, harder towards God, and they're becoming rejectors of God. And they don't feel like they need to even show up now for special services because, after all, it does not matter. Listen to me. It does matter. Your Bible, if you got your good old King James, says forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It doesn't say choose to decide when you forsake it. It said don't. And so we started saying, well, you know what? God doesn't need me this day. And God doesn't need me that day. And God doesn't need me that day. But when something goes wrong, we need God right then, right? I mean, God's got to be there that day for us. We don't have to be there for him, but he has to be there for us. been fooled, fooled by the philosophies and deceits of vain men, have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. He says going on, 
in whom ye also are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the, crucif by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And ye being dead in your sins, and uncircumcised in your flesh, hath quickened together with him, having forgiven your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that are against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphant over them. Listen to me. God did a work that nobody else could do. And he did it because of Christ. You realize in the beginning of creation, God said, let us make men in our image. Let us. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost was there. When the Father spoke it into existence. And when you and I was made, he knew exactly what was going to happen. And today, this morning, we gather here and we hear these words and we sing the songs because of Christ. If you're dead, it's because you've rejected him. But if you're saved and alive, it's because of him, not because of you, not because of me. Would you stand this morning? Father, today I thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thanking you, dear God, today for the blessings that you've provided. Lord, for your faithfulness. Father, there's none like you. There's not, not one like you. Not one like Jesus. There's not one like the Holy Ghost. And yet, dear God, you've reconciled us unto yourself through Christ. And you give us the Holy Ghost to live in our lives so that we can live a life for you, not a life separated from you. So we thank you for that this morning. We ask you, dear God, if there be one lost soul this morning, dear God, that they would be saved. If there be one backslidden soul, dear God, to get things right. Lord God, every child of God here today, Father, would want more, Father, closer to you. Dear God, not more things, but more of you. And this we ask and we pray, precious God, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. Would you come this morning and pray?